You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 151 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here as usual with my co-host, Dadu Worldwide himself, the Reverend Wright Bishop Jay Desai. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm going to start wearing a clerical collar. I think it's time. I think it's finally time. I mean, you've been ordained for a while. I mean, eons, it feels like, you know. But the priesthood priesthood of the believer, though, Jeff, you know, are we all ordained? Well, this is true, but not all of us can marry and bury like you can. That's true. I've tried to bury a few, for sure. (laughs) All right. So, for those of our audience who can't see you right now, I'm actually looking via video up through a steering wheel at your head while you're driving a van. So please, please tell me what is the scene that I'm looking at? Well, uh, I'm driving home from Nashville and you needed to get it. You know, you needed to get this recorded today. So here we are. Also, I just saw a guy flip a dread out the car. I think he's airing his dreads out. That was amazing. <laughs> That's a pretty long <laughs> dread if you could throw it out the window. For sure. Uh, out of a pickup truck. Um, our good friend Stephen Samuels called a couple weeks ago. Yep. Um, and said, hey, random, are you around? Are you home? And I said, uh, yeah, I'm home. Uh, but I'm not planning on not planning on uh, doing anything as well. I got something I need your help on. So I was like, great. Of course, this is how I end up always not home. And uh, he goes, it's a podcast recording in four different cities. I was like, okay. And he wanted to use the um, little LV one proton rig that Chris at DPA built for me to take out with Bob Goff. Yeah. Makes sense. So I was like, Oh, this is perfect. And uh, so um, for, folks at home there's a podcast called raising boys and girls which i wouldn't generally listen to since i'm not actively raising currently raising boys and girls i haven't had a to raise a boy in since clay moved out the house so (laughs) um yes and so my god's children are older my nephew's eight but you know i give him back when he drives me crazy so it's kind of perfect case scenario so I started asking a few friends and I found out so many parents are listening to this podcast. So I was like, I was like great. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. Why not? It's four days. And so we did Nashville, Birmingham, Atlanta, and Charlotte. And they kind of just announced it on their socials and their podcast. And the rooms were full wow. and the content was amazing. Um, so for anyone listening uh, honestly, I didn't ask them, but I feel like they would crush on our podcast, not just for people with kids. I learned so much um, every night because a lot of it was about anxiety and managing stress. And a lot of the stuff they talk about is how whatever parents are dealing with and how they pass that on to their kids, whether they realize it or not. And hmm. Anyways, it was really, really great. Uh, last night's get. So we recorded. They did a little talk, we did an intermission, and then uh, they would have podcast guests come on and we record the podcast live okay. from the stage. And it was great. Uh, Annie Downs did night one, can't lose there. She's a gym. And then uh, in Birmingham, I cannot remember these two moms that have a podcast and they were hilarious. Okay. I was laughing at mom jokes like, 
And then uh, <laughs> Jan Catherine Wolf, uh, Hope Heels. I don't know if uh, oh, yeah. you know them. Their amazing story. And they were hilarious as well. And then last night, Cherry on Top, Dave and Annie Barnes. Oh, man. Dave doesn't have a serious bone in his body. No, he's hilarious. Yeah. And I kind of, I, I love the KCH team and Transparent Productions were all involved. And so it was a fun little team. And our, our drives were literally two, three, and four hours. So we did a sprinter, stayed at hotels and drove in the morning. And we had a blast. So now I am driving home. Uh, and I'm excited about that. You dropped them all off, and now you're just taking care of getting home. Yeah, I got the little proton rig in the back. Uh, you know, one screen, one one fit, and a proton, and a little 1608 with a couple channels of Axiant and uh, Reaper slash Eclipse recording. All my name drops are in. You could take that thing on a tour. Which I did. <laughs> no, I know, but you should take yourself and just keep the van for a few more days. And just extend the trip and do the do the Dadu show, and I bet people would come. The Dadu show has not been picked up by any networks yet. We've been pitching it. Huh. Me and the team have been pitching <laughs> it. Um, the team's a little unreliable at times. I'll be honest. Uh, I will say about this proton while we're on the talking about it. I don't want to call it an X thirty two killer because. Most of you folks at home are going to be like, oh, I'm going to get one and then I can use all the Waves plugins I want. But it really is an attractive piece for auxiliary spaces, fellowship halls, all that kind of jazz, even kids and students rooms. So it's one RU, but it's only a half rack space. So what is the actual processor? Like, is it a computer? Is it a server? Is it both? It's got both. So it's got a baby access and a baby uh, Wave server in there. And it's got a switch built into the back. Kind of like what the iOS used to be without the I.O. Like it's got the, it's got the little switch and the server, yes. but it also has a computer. So, I mean, to run LV1, especially if it was like 16 channels, I mean, it'd be perfect. It will max at 32. And so that's what's super nice. So that's why I'm not trying to call it like a PreSonus X32 killer because all of those guys have DSP and they've done a good job of, you know, allowing allocating processing, you're not going to be able to get one of these waves protons and just go plug in crazy. Right. But because it comes with all the emo stuff uh, out of the gate, you've got comps, gates, DSers, everything. Right. So it's a great intro to the waves platform. I thought about uh, talking with Ray at the church and getting one at the church uh, for training. So sub $2,000, you've got, you could do virtual playback. All you need is a screen, and um, I think it has two HDMI outs, too, so you can do two screens. I know it does. Let me take that back. I know it does. Yeah, it can support two screens, 32 inputs. Because when I booted it up, it was in 32-channel mode, and I took it down to 16 because I didn't need that many channels. But even if you had an MGB and needed to pick off channels, it's just a cool little cost-effective, flexible tool but I would put it in a youth room, no brainer, and not buy any plugins. I literally wouldn't buy any plugins and let people just get the the stuff that's on board and get used to the uh, get used to the interface and all that jazz. So, anyways, great job, Waves. Thank you. It's been perfect for like the Bob Golf tour and this 
raising boys and girls. We put one in our team space at Passion City at 515, Jeff, where we just have probably 11 channels and it kind of kind of slays. So Wow, that's awesome. You know me and LV1. I, I think LV1 is great. We've installed it in my church and I think it's awesome. So, you know, this is their latest server processor deal and, you know, they're doing great work. So kudos to Waves. One caveat is, is that say you did buy one and you did want to get a little plug-in heavy, you could just buy a server because it works on that new architecture where, you know, the, the, you can split up load sharing and all that. So blah, blah. Great. Blah, blah, blah. I'm glad you had fun. I'm, I'm really glad that you got to do that. I'm, I'm glad you learned about parenting because, you know, all of our friends with kids who turn to you for advice, you know, you never know where, when your parenting advice is going to going to need to come in handy. You, you never know, but I, I really wish I had it. Tw- how old am I? Or it's a 21 years ago when I was helping raise my godson. <laughs> that poor buddy learned he, he got the, uh, he got the short end of the, the parenting stick there. And, uh, me and his grandparents and his dad were figuring it out That's and funny. Uh, he's going to be all right. So, yep, he's doing okay. That's so, awesome. Um, but he did have a diaper rash for at least one, a solid weekend when I was watching him. Cause I didn't know, <laughs> I just thought he was just being fussy. I, I didn't know his little bum was as red as it could be. Well, live and learn. Yep. What have you been up to? Well, you know, all of us are, kind of feverishly preparing for MXU Live. Um, You and I are recording this on Thursday, the 31st of August, which means that in 14 days at this time of day, we're going to be in our second main session of the event. So like literally two weeks from today, we're going to be rocking. And so we're super excited. Um, But it's a little bit of like, panic mode slash crunch time for me. I'm trying to figure out some last minute details of what I'm going to be doing and making sure we've got all our ducks in a row, but we're super excited to welcome everybody to Atlanta. Um, you know, what's, what's your, like, as you've been figuring out some of these final details, what's your, while I've been driving, I've been talking with several of our wonderful partners on, on some, uh, stuff that they're doing for the event and some of the logistical pieces. And, and, you know, we've, since we're in a bigger building and, and have three main rooms or three uh, rooms that we're using and talking to the PMs we're using and loading dock schedules, you know, all the, the, the stuff my brain works on, yeah. you're like the programming uh, side and I've got all, all the details coming. So I'm excited, you know, just talking to people about CNC cutters, see if I can cut some things out for some signage today. And, that's awesome. So forth and so forth. Um, yeah. So I'm super excited and I've talked to several people and they're pretty pumped. Uh, so if nothing else between the streaming folks and the folks in the room, I hope that there's some light bulb moments, Hope there's some good communal, communal moments. And uh, I really do hope that um, people will worship, you know? Yeah. It's going to be great. We feel free to do that. So I think it's going to be great. And there's a rumor that Passion City might host a little after party. Um, so. I'm excited about that. I think um, I've heard a rumor too. And I think for people who don't have plans for Thursday night, might be a great opportunity to just kind of keep the 
keep the mojo going into the evening. So I'm I'm super stoked to see what they're gonna yeah suggest we come up with. I'm excited. Yeah, that'd be great. I was at a church here this week on one of these runs, and I was thinking how lucky uh, I have been. Um, this church had the best attitude. Literally, there was not a person in the building that wasn't amazing. That's awesome. But technically, they, they didn't have a lot. Mm. But they were very content. The production tech guy at the church didn't ask me a million questions. He showed me his stuff and how our stuff would enter face with each other and then it was just that and i literally left that day feeling like i did him a disservice by not telling him all the things he could buy hmm. which um and then i had kind of had a moment that he would have he would have asked we we talked about touring and some of the stuff i've been involved in so it's not like he didn't know that i could make some suggestions he was just very very content hmm. with the uh low priority of production. And we talked so much about his team and their worship style and some of the things they're trying to do there. And I literally, I walked away feeling like I wasn't able to help him. And I think he was able to help me, which is always the case, right? That's great. And it was just kind of magical. Yeah. They, they didn't have a ton. They didn't have a pre, they didn't have a downstage monitor or preview monitor. They just had two, monitors that are on stage if they were constantly reclocking hmm. uh you know you had a console a little digital console and some wireless i could see the rack on stage it wasn't hidden the cables were in the rafters i could see them all you know and like it was great that my experience with everyone i interacted with that church was amazing because they loved their community and i would take that all day that's very cool i thought it was wonderful that's so. awesome well yeah I love the fact that we're going to get to interact with all kinds of teams at MXU Live. And hopefully, you know, one of the main takeaways for everybody will be how to do better at what you just described. I think if we can, if we can leave being committed to being a better team, it's going to be mission accomplished in a lot of ways. So, you know, we've said it before, if, you know, if you're coming to the event to learn how to twist a knob and push a fader, you know, there'll be some of that, but you might be disappointed because we feel like we have a lot of those resources on the MXU platform. So this year we're changing it up a little bit. We're going to be talking a lot more about who we are as leaders, who we're trying to become, how to lead a a team well, how to have health among your team. And then obviously there'll be some technical stuff too, but uh, the priority is going to be how we lead and care and minister to each other and i think it's going to be awesome i saw that video that the brother bob goff had sent us he he gave us a little hint on some of his subject matter which is going to be fun and i'm sure hilarious and comical all at the same yep, time it's going to be great so for anybody listening who hasn't signed up yet for mxu live and would like to come uh go to get slash live and get your tickets We're excited to see you in person. If you can't make it in person because of schedule or travel or whatever, then you could buy a stream pass. We're going to have a live stream of all of the main sessions and all of the deep dives. And so 
you could do that as well. But we would love to see you in person with your whole team. So especially if you live in the Atlanta area, there's no excuse for you not to be there. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. We'll be at Passion City Church on Thursday and Friday, the 14th and 15th. So come see us. That sets us up pretty nicely for the conversation you had this week. How are we going to stream, This is very true. So today we're joined by Phil Gauthier from Sardius Media. And we had a great conversation about them and what they do and a bunch of their solutions for churches. So uh, we'll hear from him right after this. Well, I'm excited today to be joined by Phil Gauthier from Sardius Media. Um, Sardius provided a bunch of our streaming solutions for not only our MXU live events, but for our workshops that we have uh, happening all the time at MXU HQ. So Phil, it's great to have you today. Thanks for being here. It's great to be with you, Jeff. We, uh, we love the MXU uh, nation and the entire team over there. And we're looking forward to participating again this September for sure. Yeah, we're looking forward to it too. Yeah, so a lot of people know, you know about streaming services and streaming sure. hardware. A lot of our customers and friends use Resi and other platforms to uh, encode and decode their video content. But Sardius offers a lot more than just that like you you partner with resi in a lot of ways and so I, for people who are unclear about what sardius media is and exactly what you guys offer can you just give us a little sort of general overview and background and you know not the whole history but just some kind of major sure. highlights absolutely so yeah sardius started about 10 10 years ago three guys that uh, got together that were all on staff at international house of prayer broke off and began to really kind of start their own company to be able to offer live streaming events and ultimately built their own online video platform. Um, that video platform enables a ministry or a non-organization, really doesn't have to be a ministry, any kind of enterprise, the ability to both live stream as well as deliver video on demand experiences to their audiences and, and online campuses. Uh, the difference between what Sardius does and a lot of other um, providers is that they actually do provide a solution and an experience from end to end. So you can virtually give us uh, a video feed via SDI and then we can take it, we can uh, provide an encoder, take, ingest it into the encoder, send it to the cloud. Then we can take all of that, we take your video and then provide a multiple workflow. So we can deliver a live stream. We can record that live stream in the cloud. We can rebroadcast it as simulated live. Uh, and then we also provide video on demand services and experiences. But the great thing is you don't have to have a web developer because Sardius provides templated systems to where a, a ministry can actually build their own front end, and then we help you build that experience out. So you can build an online campus type of page with engagement and interactivity, or if you want to deliver an on-demand experience, somewhat like a, a kind of a Netflix Disney Plus, we've got templates to help you get to that point very quickly. So uh, it's great because we can help you really build out a viewer journey per se, if you will. That's great. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. If you've got the content, Sardius has the platform to do a lot of different things with it. So, and I, I think that's, Indeed. you know, for us, for us last year in our uh, live stream of our MXU live event, the great thing was somebody could sort of pick their viewing preference if they wanted to focus on 
what was happening in audio. They had a stream specific for that. If they wanted to focus on lighting, mm-hmm. they had a different stream focused on that or video. And mm-hmm. so, I, you know, that wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have been able to happen without you guys. So I right. love being able to partner with you in, in the solutions that you provide. Um, and our experience was so solid last year. I'm looking forward to this year. But what have you been up to since we last worked with you guys? Yeah, so a lot has happened to Sardius in the last 12 months, uh, to say the least. They, uh, um, you know, Sardius really had built uh, the company on handling mostly live events for people like Joyce Myers and um, Hillsong and some other other large ministries. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I've only been with the company about 10, 10 months uh, prior to my uh, my coming on board at Sardius. Uh, I was with a company called High Vision, and High Vision had a small division that I was a part of that handled live streaming and things for uh, ministry, you know, and high vision uh, had gone public, had refocused themselves on hardware and software and decided to exit the cloud services business. So myself and our VP at high vision, uh, Alan Haves were tasked with finding a new home for our uh, online video platform clients. We had had a long relationship with Sardius. They had actually built part of the high vision platform, 10, 15 years ago. So um, we actually got with these guys and we were able to, through God's grace only, uh, be able to uh, show the Sardius platform to our high vision clients. And we moved a lion's share of those clients into the Sardius platform over about a six month span. So nice. So the the, the Sardius company grew exponentially, uh, rap- very rapidly in six months. So it's been just a whirlwind for, for the team. Uh, it's been a huge blessing because we've done, uh, we've been able to uh, add some new features and some new workflows for that migration for those clients that were coming over. We've added some additional headcount in our support uh, team to, to you know, for client uh, success. So it's been it's been great, and we've continued to develop the online video platform uh, through some additional live events. Speaking of which, we just came off of two, actually two or three of the largest uh, live events we've produced to date. Um, in uh, early June, late May, early June, uh, our COO, John Hall, was in Israel and helped uh, stream for over a couple of days um, uh, a Pentecost event that we had uh, that was streaming from uh, the steps of the temple. To, oh, and wow. we were also interacting with other other um, ministries around the globe, pulling those streams in. Uh, following that, in late June, our team, we had about five people on site in Amsterdam for uh, the Empowered 21 um, event. Empowered 21 is uh, a group out of, uh, I believe they're out of Oklahoma, but uh, Billy Wilson, the, the president of Oral, Oral Roberts, is uh, one of the key uh, members there of Empowered. So. He and John O are, are pretty good friends. We were able to uh, provide them with an amazing uh, experience for the Empower 21. It was over a four-day period. There were 136 hours of streaming over that four days out of Amsterdam. We had wow. 180 presenters and speakers, 134, uh, 134 different breakout sessions. And we were able to uh, do this all in eight different languages. You could break people into various rooms uh, based on uh, subject matter. And our metadata engine, which is very, very critical, that metadata engine allowed viewers to log in, be able to pick what sessions they wanted to attend, just like you had mentioned. And then they were able to you know, view the content with like-minded people 
based on metadata and their profile within the system. And then we also delivered a mobile app, which gave the uh, entire experience uh, a handheld experience as well. So it was uh, it was quite interesting. And it was great for our team because it allowed us to really kind of build out and add so much more to our platform. And then we just rolled out of the Global Leadership Summit, which uh, for years is streamed out of Willow Creek Church and yep. uh, was part of the Global Leadership Network. So uh, we, we were able to provide uh, streaming for their 450 almost host sites. And then That's they awesome. had, um, you know, about 20, 30,000 subscribers. So we're providing a pay-per-view experience for subscribers and individuals, as well as the host site streaming and all the communication in the background and things like that. So that's great. So we've been busy. It's been great. It's been phenomenal. And uh, we've been super blessed to, to be able to provide those live events and, and then continue with our um, ministry partners, you know, month to month as well. Well, I love, I love how, you know, having, getting a call to do a massive event like global leadership summit or, you know, the event in Amsterdam that you talked about with all those hours of content, all those breakouts, all those different speakers, all those languages, it kind of forces you into sort of creating solutions to meet a need. And then that becomes a part of the platform or the offering that you can make to everybody. So it's like, you know, having an opportunity to do something at that scale, it's like mm -hmm. that, you know, the code that you write and the feature that you add and the you know, whatever is necessary to f facilitate the needs of that client kind of trickle down into being available for everybody because it becomes a part of right. the platform. So, yeah, you know, a lot of people listening might think, okay, we're never going to do a, a conference for 10,000 people. We're never going to do, um, uh, you know, a broadcast that requires 50 sites and three languages and all this stuff. So what would you say to the mid-sized church who does a live stream, but they're, you know, relegated to limited resources. Like what, what does Sardis have to offer to that kind of customer, to that kind of church? Because sure. there's a lot of people thinking, I'm never going to be Willow Creek. I'm never going to be North Point, right. or I'm never going to have the needs yeah. of MXU even. So, you know, what, what's the practical application for somebody who's not one of the big guys? Jeff, that's a great question. Um, you know, the beautiful part about uh, what we're doing at Sardius is that we're able to scale up or down based on the client's needs. So it's we don't really have a cookie cutter type of a model for mm -hmm. a ministry. So you're right, not everyone is a, a North Point or a Lakewood, but we do have clients that come to us and say, you know, I've got I've got a, a video engineer and we don't even have an online campus pastor, but we'd like to deliver a live experience. We're able to provide um, a lower cost encoder. We're able to provide uh, the live streaming. But the, the beautiful part about our platform is that we've got a lot of automation built in. So uh, when we migrated these clients over from uh, the other provider, we actually built out a new platform utilizing cloud transcoding, which has been all the rage in the last three or four years. Basically, all we have to do is send a single stream up and then through our UI, we can send out to our player. We can send out to various social media outlets uh, and we can also record the asset in our cloud platform for the client. So once they're done with their service, uh, the streams are all finished up and stopped. That asset is sitting there ready to be rebroadcasted. And all that can happen through automation built into the system. So if you want to rebroadcast your you know, 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service, 
at 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m., you basically just assign that asset to a scheduled event. You finish your day at the church in your home, having lunch with your family at one o'clock, and the asset's going to rebroadcast those four or five times during the day without anyone touching anything. So the key to the, the smaller ministry that doesn't have the headcount of a, a larger ministry uh, is that we've got a ton of automation in place, both for live workflows as well as for on-demand delivery. That's very cool. And one other thing I think that that is valuable that you mentioned is that we are able to build out solutions for large events that we can repurpose into our, our other ministry clients. Uh, one of those is we had used two years ago for global leadership. They had requested something where they had what we called um, a Sardius voice. People could actually speak into their device, whether it was laptop or a handheld device, and they could actually record what leadership meant to them or something like that. And then we would generate a wave file with a graphical um, uh, modal, if you will, and we could transcribe that information. So we've actually repurposed that into what we're calling uh, the, the Sardius uh, prayer wall. So now you could actually have people utilizing that technology we built for global leadership for, say, um, you know, a, a prayer wall scenario for a live church if they want to capture people's prayers, because hearing a prayer is way more uh, mm. effective in and engaging than just reading a transcription of it, right? So, uh, so some of those things were really kind of fun because we're able to use those in a, a week-to-week type scenario for somebody that's going to be going through a giving campaign or something, and they want to they want to pray for people in the ministry. So, that's so incredible. you're spot on there when you say, yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool. It's, it's been it's been great to be able to offer those types of tools. So, looking at your website, I just happen to notice, you know, you're like obviously. Most people, when they think about a live stream, they're thinking about live streaming a service or, you know, a Zoom call or some other kind of video interaction. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, you've got discipleship groups, for example, on your website as as a potential need or a solution that Sardius could provide. So talk through some of the sort of non-standard ways of thinking about how you would use a video platform like this. In other words, sure. you know, to take to take your small group's engagement to the next level, to to mm-hmm. do something at like like the prayer wall idea. Are there any other things like yeah. that 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 you guys have seen that are that might cause a church to go, "Oh, that's a cool idea. We need to think about that." Sure. Yeah, there's a couple things on the live side. We've got something called Sardius Rooms, which basically uh, incorporates web RTC or real-time communication. So you could actually have a, we'll say a Wednesday night Bible study with 500 attendees watching live. And we have the ability through metadata and creating profiles to actually break out those 500 people that are online into small groups of say 10 or 15, and then be able to be able to communicate in kind of a Zoom WebRTC scenario, so it's real time. And then after that breakout session of 15 or 20 minutes or whatever, they can actually be pulled back into the main session. So uh, okay. that's something that we've we've deployed. We actually used it for GLN last year, and we've used it. Uh, we use it again for uh, the Amsterdam event this year. So um, that's been a great tool. You have access to the main the main talk, and then if the speaker says, "Hey, let's break up into our sort of table time or whatever," you right kind of disengage from the main broadcast, go into this small group that's virtual. You're connected Correct. worldwide via 
whatever, kind of like a Zoom room. Uh, but then mm-hmm. after 15, 20 minutes, however much of facilitation and discussion around a table, virtual table, then you go back to the main, the main room and the main speaker. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Your question really is very valid, Jeff, because uh, we're seeing the need for most ministries to enhance or increase their engagement with the online campus. And I think yeah. that's, that's been our focus now for some time. Uh, we use that solution for Amsterdam in a, in a really dynamic way because they were able to say, okay, your online group should post uh, statements or comments around this topic. And then the on-premise group that was in Amsterdam sitting around tables was handed the online input and then everybody was able to discuss that both on-premise and online. So they used that tool in a very, very interesting and dynamic way. So we may have to implement this at MXU this year. If we want to do Q&A and we have our streaming audience who is engaged in the live stream, maybe that's the way for them to post questions and, you know, interact with what's happening live in, in a more dynamic way. Potentially. Sure. That's cool. Of course, we have our standard kind of online campus where, and you guys deploy this, where it's got the chat feature so people can post questions in the chat. Uh, but within our online campus model or front side viewer experience, we've got, uh, in addition to chat, you can run a poll. You can you could have, offer a poll with questions. Uh, we've got the overlays feature so you can slide graphics right into the player frame that are linkable to a URL. So if you want to promote something or have a call to action, you can utilize those tools in there as well. And then on the on-demand side, our video platform allows us to upload a video. And then along with the video, we can have riding alongside of it in a sidecar file fashion, uh, an audio file. We can also carry PDFs, Word documents, and things like that. So if you wanted to have a video on-demand Bible study type of experience for your ministry, you could actually upload the video and then have your study notes along with it riding around right along with the video. And then since we deliver the video experience in a, in a, one of our pages, we can actually make a call and pull the PDF sermon notes or the Word document sermon notes under the video frame. So you can have a video on demand Bible study as opposed to live. That way, if pastor's on sabbatical, he's out of town and you got four weeks of Bible study, there's no skipping a beat. Everything is automated right there. And just all, all of the content gets pulled into the player via an API call or via metadata. So couple that's, different ways we can we can help small groups there as well. That's pretty cool. That's great. Um, you know, I I love I love the fact that, you know, Sardius started and is operating really out of a heart for serving the church and how can we help mm-hmm. churches and ministries be more effective and be more impactful. You have other clients who aren't faith-based necessarily and provide great solutions for them too. So, um you know, I, I love I love the sort of um, you know marketplace approach and the church approach and how they both kind of help each other and are mm-hmm. both become more effective because of the needs of the other. I think that's that's very cool. So, what are you hearing from the market in terms of media delivery, new workflows, technology? Like, how are you guys listening and responding to what the marketplace is telling you? Sure. So, um, yeah, what, what we're really hearing is several different things. Um, they, there are, first of all, you know, we just came out of COVID where everybody had to be online. So now everybody's kind of catching their breath after that whole experience. And right. they're, they're, they're trying to utilize online in a, in a more 
a meaningful way to get people back into the building. So they're trying to create online experiences where uh, it's an exceptional experience, but you're going to see some some more things happen uh, if you come into the brick and mortar building. So so we've kind of gone back to that model of, hey, the digital experience is there. People are expecting it now. But ultimately, the digital tools we provide build the physical church. And that's really where we're trying to get back to is, you know, because we don't want people to get to where they're like, ah, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I'm just going to stay online. The online church is massively important as we go go forward into the future. But ministries are looking at how to re-engage and how to get people back into the building following the COVID situation. The other uh, the other tools we're looking at are <clears throat> being able to do some rebroadcasting. And, you know, as I mentioned, uh, we've got that automation for, for simulated live. So social media comes into play a bit here as well, Jeff, in how ministries are going to leverage social media. And we really equate it to almost like, you know, if you look at Facebook and YouTube and Twitch and some of these other social media platforms that can attract people to the ministry, our our position is and always has been, and I think people are finding out why now, look, use social media to engage and expand your digital footprint across the whole web. It helps you with search engine optimization. It'll help people find you or find your messaging and ultimately find the building and, to, and come in and, uh, and you know, get some true um, engagement. But social media really, sh- the way that the analytics come in and the way that people are viewing it and the distraction factors in social media, uh, you've got to be cautious there. And so we're we're really seeing more ministries shift now towards, look, we're going to focus on our white label player and on our campus page. We're going to use social media. We're either going to stop after the worship set or let five minutes of preaching happen. Then we're going to try and shift that social media group into our page so we can control the experience more. We can reduce the amount of distractions. I mean, Facebook, all those social media portals are important for your ministry to get you know, exposure, but ultimately you can control the experience a lot more. If you've got a white label experience, then you have the ability to manage the engagement factor and how people are, you know, hearing things and uh, pulling people into prayer rooms. It's a lot more effective in a, a, a private chat scenario than it is in social media. Yeah. There are, there's applicability for all the social media outlets. And the other big factor that we're hearing uh, and we just heard this because we have uh, we have a, a little booth space we do during GLS in the lobby while people are uh, in between breakouts. We're talking to several people and a lot of our clients came by and the concern over um, uh, some of the cancel culture that's going on out there now in, in social media out of has uh, been a big concern. So we're seeing more people say, look, we're either abandoning or we're cutting back on the social media streaming and we're really focusing on a white label experience that no one else has control over but us. So mm-hmm. we can make sure that our message is getting out completely and we're not going to get you know blocked or shut down because of copyright music or because our message spoke of, of a certain biblical theme that wasn't agreed upon by that social media platform. So we're hearing more people say, Facebook and YouTube are important, but we're using it in a different way now. Um, and, you know, if you look at the the way that uh, insights for Facebook and the YouTube analytics are pulled, you really don't get a lot of uh, engagement information from that. It's really just a swipe of a, on an iPhone through a Facebook page. If, you, if the playback happens, that's a view for them. So right, right. It, I'm not real, you know, we're not, we're, we're trying to tell ministry, look, look at what the actual viewership time is. Look at your average play times and things like that. So 
Um, you know, and then the other thing that we're hearing is that more and more people are moving into uh, an, an OTT or an over-the-top set-top box type of delivery where you, we're seeing engagement go up through the roof. If you look at the engagement on an iPhone, it's going to be maybe 10 to 12 minutes, 15 minutes. If you've got an Apple TV or Roku, an Amazon Fire Stick, something, people are going to be watching 30, 40, 45 minutes. So the stickiness or the the attentiveness of your average viewer time dramatically increases at the 10-foot viewing experience versus the handheld. The key, though, is how do we do, how do we provide a, a 10-foot view experience while maintaining engagement? Because engagement is typically a chat or some other type of you know, communication tool. Right, so what's right. great is our solution allows people to actually be watching the stream, cast it to your set-top box so you can watch from your handheld device. So while it's playing on your flat screen, you get that 10-foot experience, but you can still engage on your handheld device. So those are some of the things that we're looking at long-term on how we can better effectively help our ministries engage for a longer period of time. So you can capture more of the viewer's attention, get more of the message soaked in and, you know, things like things of that nature. So that's kind of some of the stuff we're, we're looking at on the live streaming side. That's very cool. And I think, you know, just we have a, um, a Slack group of all of our MXU subscribers. Most are TDs and, you know, production director type folks at churches. And there've been a lot of questions lately about online engagement there and how, you know, how people are handling things like an online host. And do you have a separate Mm -hmm. script for that person or is it just, you know, you just watch who's ever hosting on stage and whatever. So I think, you know, the, the solution that you guys are providing is there's so many things that would be perfect for an online host who is dedicated to that online experience to be able to interact with and just to be able to leverage some of those tools, you know, whether it's a, Hey, we're here for a minute and we're going to go now to watch the worship and then come back during the offering to really talk to people face to face online in a different way than the person from the stage might. And to utilize those features like prayer requests and Mm -hmm. chat and some of the interactivity It's just, I, I think it's brilliant. It's really, it's really cool. Um, so what about new workflows? Is, is there anything that is kind of technologically on the horizon that you guys are excited about or, um, you know, other streaming, whether it's, whether it's higher resolution or whether it's bandwidth or whatever the case may be, are there, are there new technologies with encoders or other things that are coming down the pipe that you're looking forward to? Sure. On the live streaming side, we uh, we actually uh, are a reseller of several different encoder models. Um, we still are seeing a pretty low adoption rate of 4K. Um, we are seeing some UHD requests come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you're going to stream to social media as well as one of our players, uh, 4K. I mean, the the, the conversation around around 4K ultimately comes down to the adoption rate of your viewers and. Fortunately, the analytics engine that we use identifies which devices your viewers are watching on and what operating systems they're using. So okay. we can see that and we can see typically, invariably, Jeff, 65, 70% of the viewership is on one of these devices here. So, yep. you know, it's it's um, it's hard to justify 4K if, if you've got 65% viewership on a, hand, on a handheld device. But as the OTT delivery expands, I think we're going to see that 
change. Uh, 4K equipment's going to come down. To, drew, to do true 4K, you've got to start at the camera lens and you've got to go glass to glass. So you've got to have the switcher. You've got to have all the other components in between. Uh, and then you got to look at how much more bandwidth you're going to burn just to get that 4K distribution out. Um, and so it's hard. It's difficult for you know nonprofits to justify sometimes those, those yeah. costs. So, well, I think that's that's the case with every media though. Like for me, yeah. even watching TV or watching or listening to music, it's like there are so many variables that are dependent on everything being perfect. You know, all the time. Yeah. If there's a big award show or the Super Bowl or whatever, you know, the Facebook groups around audio and video blow up right. of all these church guys going, well, I couldn't hear the vocal or I couldn't, I couldn't see this properly or the mix was terrible or whatever. And it's like, most of the time it's leaving the truck sounding great. But once it mm-hmm. leaves the truck on site, <laughs> there's not just the bandwidth getting from the stadium to the street, but then there's the cable provider and the, you know, the guy in the, cable transfer station that has to make sure all the data is happening right and then once it gets to my house is the bandwidth into my house good enough and what's the signal doing when when it comes into my house to get to my equipment and is it a sound bar is it a surround system is it immersive is it stereo is it mono like all these things that are variables that I, i can't imagine being a provider trying to implement a new technology and having to ensure that all those things along the way, like you say, from glass to glass are, are correct. Cause it's, it, there's way too many variables. So I would say, let's focus on getting great content first. Cause it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if it's 4k or 720p. If your content stinks, then all you're doing in 4k is making crappy content clearer <laughs> at, at a higher cost that's right let's work on great <laughs> content first and then we'll sure. figure out if we need to do 4k absolutely 100 percent, totally agree um you know and <clears throat> so so we, we we understand that so 4k is so so the biggest thing that we're we're seeing is um, more real-time engagement in real time there's a, there's some providers out there that say look our stream's going to have a two to five minute delay whereas we're seeing uh, through SRT and some other other protocols on streams now, people are saying, look, I want to be able to chat in real time and communicate in real time. Now, if your online campus pastor and his team are chatting with people and they're not in the main sanctuary, they really don't know that they're real time or not. So everybody's mm-hmm. like, well, why, why does it matter? Well, I think it matters because people are looking at how we can better engage in real time to get them into the building. And uh, so we're, we're sensitive to the fact that people are looking to get as much delay out of there, as much latency out of the stream as they possibly can. So we're, we're focused on delivery through HLS and SRT, which are the latest protocols for streaming um, and utilizing that that technology in a meaningful way. But the other things that we have that people are looking for is there's, there's so many different variables. Um, we've got a couple of ministries that are like, look, we want to start Facebook after the worship set because they always, they always hammer us because of copyrighted music. But mm-hmm. I want to start my live stream at nine o'clock, but I, I can't start my Facebook till 920. How do we do that? So those are things that with the Sardius stream solution we built out, we're able to actually let them go in and they can actually start their main campus stream to their white player page. So our Sardius player is playing the content, the worship set. They don't have to worry about any music copyright. And then once they're ready for the message and they're done with worship, 
they start up the stream for YouTube and Facebook, so they're not getting dinged for the music situation. So um, you've got variables like that. You've got some variables where they want to they want to restream, but they only want to restream the sermon. And their asset that we've saved for them in the cloud has the entire worship set, the giving, you know, the prayer and everything. So they're going to actually go into our solution where we've got a, a live clipping tool that can clip in real time. We can actually carve out the sermon during the stream, and then they can republish that and repost that instantly. So that's some of the workflows we use for live events. That's interesting. Um, we are able to provide, you know, that type of scenario. So after a breakout session is done, like for global leadership, we actually carve out this, the, the breakout session that was, you know, 30, 40 minutes long, and that's able to be posted immediately under the, the live player. So those are some of the cl- things we're seeing on the live side, which have been really, really interesting. That's very cool. Um, so it's all about workflows, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. So if a church wants to create content that's not just the sermon from Sunday, but say they have a, mm-hmm. a devotional series or a Bible study or something specifically for a certain ministry that'll just be sort of videos that live on the platform. Sure. What do you guys offer in terms of solutions for that kind of content? Jeff, that's a that's a great question, and, and I know we do a lot of live events and a lot of live streaming every weekend. But I think our biggest prop value for a ministry is our video on demand solution for several reasons. The first one is we've got an amazingly powerful metadata engine that you can actually utilize with our smart playlists and our feed system. So okay, uh, and if you look back to what has happened over the last four years with video on demand. Netflix and Amazon Prime and Paramount and Disney, all those platforms have changed how we view content now. So video on demand is more important than ever. You've got the binge watching factor going on, things like that. So when we talk to ministries, we urge them to, to, to seamlessly thread their, sermon, their messages together in a series, if you will, mm-hmm. um, yep. so people can watch the whole series. So the cool thing about that is we're actually able to build out a template and we've got a template in our system. We have a couple, but we've got one called the collection. And basically you can actually take all of your videos and assign series metadata, category metadata, speaker metadata, speaker bios, uh, air dates, things like that. We've got 26 different fields just for metadata and we can expand on it if you need it. With the metadata allowed in there, then you can go into our feed service, create a feed. And then you can filter that feed and say, this feed should have all metadata with this metadata criteria in it. All these assets should have this metadata. So once the feed is created, that feed can actually generate an entire web page that has a look and feel of a Netflix type of scenario. Um, Mm. You've got the latest video at the top and you've got your different series. You could have sermon series, you can have Bible studies, you can have worship sets. You could make it private. We have an authentication engine built in. So if you wanted to have staff meetings in a collection or worship um, worship rehearsals in a collection for the band, things like that, you can build that out and you could say, all right, go to this page. And then they would have to log in because we've got the authentication modal and login built right into the platform. So there's a lot, a lot of ways we can help you deliver that. And the next step for that is to utilize a recommendation engine, almost with some AI, if you will, and then be able to provide people. So if they're starting to watch content with a specific theme, then we're going to offer up additional content with that similar theme. And all of those experiences are powered by metadata. So 
we talked to a ministry that's just getting into a video on demand experience and we urge them to get a consistent naming convention for their files, con- consider, you know, series names and numbers, and then build a, a dynamic strategic metadata policy so you can utilize this for delivery of the video on demand content long term. Because the public is used to that type of experience now, thanks yep. to those other you know, those other platforms. And I think a ministry has got to realize that. And if we're going to engage in ministry and share the gospel and share that the messages in a significant way, we've got to start thinking a little bit more like the secular broadcasters because the the public has been trained to look for content to binge watch and things of that nature. So, so the, uh, the templates that we've got for on demand are huge. We can build custom templates if people want it, but again, you can have custom thumbnails. So if you've got a thumbnail that has your graphics for, for a four part sermon series, those thumbnails are going to give you part one, two, three, and four. You're going to get a good harmonious brand look and feel of the content. So, um, you know, we're, we're looking at those types of things and trying to help people deliver an on-demand experience that uh, the public is used to so they can see that. And it, it's great because it works on mobile. It works on um, um, web web and desktop. And then we can also deliver the similar type of experience in an OTT app as well. So that's great. So we're, we're excited about how our on-demand stuff is, is being delivered for some pretty large ministries. So that's very cool. So you mentioned, it's good stuff. you mentioned AI for a second. So, you know, mm-hmm. chat GPT is what is in, seems like every news story I hear about technology, it's all about chat GPT. So is there any right. other sort of AI solutions that you guys are looking at utilizing and how does that impact house of worship and faith-based workflows? Yeah. Yeah. Gener- generative pre-trained transformation, right? Um, okay. I think, so say that know, again, because I, I don't know. If, I don't know if people know what GPT, GPT? actually stands for. <laughs> generative what? Generative pre-trained transformer. Okay. okay. That's what GPT stands for. But I, I think, but when I think of it, I think of transformation because I think Jesus was using GPT before any of us were even showed up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was, he was using generative transformation in a lot of different ways. Uh, and I think AI has applicability in the, the, the ministry, media ministry space. We have been looking at it at, on several levels, obviously, as a, um, an online video provider, platform provider, and having a development team. There are ways that we could utilize some AI within our development workflows to, to generate solutions more efficiently, right? So we're looking at that at the development level. Um, we're looking at it because AI is going to start impacting how you can search through actual content within a video. Right now, you're searching, you're searching by title and metadata, but we're looking at how AI is going to impact how we're going to be able to search for video and actually extract information right out of the content within the video itself. So mm. we're looking at how that's going to be impacted and where that may help in ministry. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to trying to find people that are looking for help, that are struggling with something or looking for encouragement. And, you know, if there is some scripture reference or some comments within a sermon that somebody is going to get benefit from or get encouraged by, we want that to be able to pop up and show up. So that's fascinating. So even in a, even in a sermon, that's not part of a marriage series, for example, if somebody has an example in a sermon in the gospel of John about how this can help your marriage, you might be able to search marriage and those clips could come from several different videos about tips on marriage 
Yeah, it could could all be from from an AI engine per se. Yeah, uh, and then since since the the company was born out of International House of Prayer, the the focus in our ministry and our, our company has always been prayer. So uh, AI could impact prayer in significant ways as well, as far as how you pray for someone. And you know, there's been so many initiatives about about global prayer for. <clears throat> um, the next 10 years, because that's that's really what that whole Amsterdam event was about. The 2033 initiative, that's 2,000 years since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Mm. So over the next 10 years, the goal for that conference was, we're going to reach the globe in 10 years. How do we utilize technology to do that? And AI is going to play a role in that in some form or fashion. How uh, that's still being you know decided and, and looked at, but um, our guys are actively working with AI at multiple levels and seeing how we can how we can uh, leverage the technology best for our, our clients to, you know, reach more people for sure. So that's very cool. Well, I love that you guys are thinking about the future and thinking forward, especially as it relates to how we serve the church and how we can impact people through the gospel. I think, you know, like I said before, you know, the fact that you serve both faith-based and non-faith-based clients is great. Uh, but at the heart of the company is this commitment to, making sure that churches have more effective tools that they need to reach people with the gospel. And so that's, that's just awesome. Before I let you go, I have to comment sure. on the poster that's behind you on the wall because <laughs> it, is, sure. it is a print of one of my favorite movies. And I think of this genre right. of movie, Tommy Boy <laughs> sets the standard for excellence in terms of that genre. And the problem is kids today – have never even seen Tommy Boy. They don't even know what I'm talking yeah. about. Like most most church production guys who are in their 20s right. have no idea what Tommy Boy is. And I think that's a travesty. Right. So we need to figure out how to fix I that. I would agree. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, it's it's a classic uh it's a classic film for sure and yeah, we've uh several of our guys have uh always just do one-liners off of it because it's it's funny, it's an encouragement, it's an encouragement it can break the ice as well. So it's one it's, of the most quotable movies ever. <laughs> I would agree. Oh, Richard. <laughs> no. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just great. Yeah. Well, Phil, I can't thank you enough for your time today. It's been great to learn more about Sardius and the solutions that you guys have to offer. And I just hope that people will um, reach out and figure out how to implement the solution for their ministry. I think the, the cool thing sure. that I see is how customizable it is as well. So you've got the ability to really kind of, meet with people and consult on what's the most effective sort of menu of solutions you guys provide for their ministry. So what's the best way for people to get in touch and reach out if they have questions? Yeah. So, um, sardius.media is the website. And so bet your best bet's just to go there. Um, uh, most of us, our email is just first name and then sardius.media. So Phil at sardius.media, um, you can also reach John O, J-O-N-O, John o. Hall. He's our chief operating officer, uh, or Alan Haves, which is Alan at Sardius.media. So it's S-A-R-D-I-U-S. Uh, Great. That actually comes from Revelation 4. That is the the red breastplate stone. So um, you can look that up if you like. But uh, yeah, we're, we're excited to be part of MXU again this year, and we are looking forward to seeing the MXU Nation at Passion City. Awesome. I'll uh, I'll be there. It's been a while because we've worked with the Passion team back in the High Vision days. So I'm, I'm 
I know a lot of those guys have shifted around and moved into other roles and things, but uh, yeah, the passion team and Louie and his guys are great. We work with uh, Andy and those guys up at North Point too. So it's been, it's going to be great to see everybody. Yeah. It's going to be old home week for me and I'm really excited. So (laughs) we'll see you there in person. So yeah, thanks again for this. And I look forward to people reaching out and finding out more about Sardius. Yeah, man. We appreciate your time, Jeff. Always a good, good to see you. Thanks. Well, that was great. I loved hearing from Phil and I love their heart for the church. Like I didn't realize that their background is all from serving churches. So they do other events, they service major corporate events as well. And, you know, all the things that he talked about, but at the core of their company, they're really concerned with helping churches be effective with their ministry. So great to hear from Phil. Can't wait to see him in person at MXU Live. Yeah, that's awesome. I wonder if they'll give me what I need to, you know, kind of take that worldwide to the digital worldwide web full time. You know, I think that'd be good. Splash page, camera angles, like all the kind of stuff. Like, uh, what was that? Uh, the Jim Carrey movie where they followed him around. It was fake. Yeah. Truman Show. Truman Show. Like but that new show, you know? I like it. I think we should probably talk to him about that when we're at 515 together. Yeah, I'll pitch. Look, I'll tell you this. I'm not supposed to tell anyone, but I'll just tell you because, you know, there's a chance 64 is going to have that calm demo ready to go in two weeks. Now, don't even tease me. I've, I've been praying for Eddie. Like, I don't, you can't see because of this camera angle, but I have lost weight over this calm unit. <laughs> and Eddie thinks they're getting some of it in this week where he'll be able to bring it so for those of you that have been praying about it also rusty you know a few of us it's coming help is on the way awesome well that would be a direct like manna from heaven word from the lord for some people so let's let's do it let's bring it catch you soon my friend all right man great talking with you thanks for all your work on the event. Again, if you need tickets, go to getmxu.com slash live. And all the info about our live 23 event is right there for you. So we can't wait to see you there. Jay, can't wait to see you in person. It's going to be great, man. See you soon.